last week I was walking, uh, you know, for me, any opportunity that I get to walk outside, you know, whenever I do meetings or things of this nature, you know, I hate, especially with the beautiful weather, I hate just sitting at a desk and staring at a screen. So I'm on the phone uh, and I'm walking down the street. And as I'm walking down the street um, on this conference call with this individual, I happened to look down and out of the corner of my eye, um, I saw a pornographic um, VHS tape. First of all, who uses VHS anymore? You know, but I just happened to see this, this uh, porno cover that was there on the ground. And, you know, for those of you who know my background and things that I've shared, one of the things that I've battled, um, you know, over the years. Is it okay for pastors to be honest? Yeah, okay. Uh, one of the things that I battled and that the Lord delivered me from, which I'm so grateful for, for um, is uh, from, you know, uh, battling you know, being tied up with pornography. And so as I walked by, you know, I'm grateful that by God's grace, I have been clean uh, and have not looked at pornography or anything like this um, intentionally for, for, for eons. And so when I said, yeah, that's something to celebrate, man. I give the Lord glory. The devil be trying some sneaky stuff. Come on, somebody. You got to be careful with this Netflix. I'm telling you, you know, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for deliverance. But I saw this cover on the ground. And as I was walking by, man, it just pissed me off, fam. Are pastors allowed to say that? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. No, it really, really pissed me off. I, I was so vexed. I got vexed in the moment, uh, not just because of what it, had di what it did to my life, uh, but in that moment, I thought about the fact that my children walk up and down that road, and I thought about the fact that I was bound by pornography because some careless individual left um, some paraphernalia out, you know, for, for me to see as well as some others at an early age. And I thought to myself how this could be the thing that would mess up or grip or snare my children and other kids as they're walking down the road. And so in that moment, I was so vexed, man. I just came and I said, boom. I kicked it. I kicked that little empty VHS box. Tape wasn't even in there. But just the picture, I kicked it so hard because I was so mad. And when I kicked this thing, man, I looked down and I said, oh, oh, something happened to my leg. <laughs> I kept on walking and I finished the call. You know how you be just trying to be deep? You just try to limp it off with it. And I didn't realize until when I got home and I took off my shoe and all this stuff and whatever that somehow that there may have been a branch or something that was in the ground. But when I kicked that VHS box, the, the uh, branch came through and it punctured in between my toes. And so my sock had, was, had blood and all this stuff and I had no clue whatsoever. But can I tell you that in that moment, it did not matter to me that my foot was busted. I was grateful that it wasn't anything worse. But I said, you know what? I'm willing. Come on, somebody. I am willing to have endured that pain in that moment to take a stand against the devil's plot and plan. 
for the children that are walking up and down those streets. See, some of y'all think that these things are just simple and don't mean anything. But you and I, you and I, especially the men in our midst, need to get to the place where we see the value in standing up for that which is right. And especially because while we're walking and we think that we're walking by ourselves, there is a generation that is following close behind that needs to see our example. Are you with me on this morning? As I, as I think about the men, the mandem, and for people who wonder what that is, obviously it's West Indian, Toronto, Iceland, and we call a group of men mandem, right? Or uh, one man would be mans, right? <laughs> so look uh, <laughs> as I think about this and what I'm sharing about you know a lot of times it's difficult because when we declare stuff like no perfect people allowed and you hear things like what I shared just now you know a lot of men especially in our midst it's very very difficult uh, because of the imperfection that's in our lives because of the difficulty that we face. And I want to tell you, man, that, you know, you are not alone in facing difficulty. I want to tell you, men, that the reason why the enemy fights us and sisters listen in and realize and understand that the reason why the enemy fights men the way that he does is because of the call that God has on your life. It's because this is the reason why it's not because God hates you. It's because Satan hates you. And he knows that if the men would become, would go from just being men to becoming men of God and taking a stand, even in the midst of your imperfection, he knows that God could still use you even where you are weak and even when you slipped and fallen. And consequently, he wants you to quit when you mess up instead of surrendering to God. So I just want to call you today. I think about uh, this individual by the name of Samson. Somebody say Samson. Samson, Samson is this individual, you know, before there were kings in the earth uh, or kings that ruled the children of Israel. There were judges. Everyone say judges. In fact, kings, uh, God did not intend for kings to come into the life of the Israelites when they did. The Israelites actually begged God for kings like the rest of the world. And God acquiesces and allows for them to have kings uh, even though it was not his perfect design for them at that time. Yes, uh, he prophesied and declared like to Abraham in Genesis 17 verse 6 that there would be kings that would come from his uh, loins and that kings would come into the earth. But the motive and the timing that they had was off. And they wanted it for the wrong reason. But before this there were judges. Everyone say judges. And so when we get to uh, the judge of Samson, the leader called Samson, Samson is a guy that usually gets a bad rap. And yes, he did make some mistakes, and, but I really want to challenge us around, uh, around Samson's life and some things to point out that I believe will be helpful. Samson was a Nazarite. Somebody say a Nazarite. Nazarite. Samson was a Nazarite, meaning he abstained from certain foods, strong drink, uh, wine, etc. And, you know, the fact is that you know, this commitment that he made was because he was set apart for this special task and special use uh, by God. But we see the beginning of Judges 16. It says, Samson went to Gaza and there he saw a prostitute and he went in to her. The Gazites were told Samson has come in here. I want you to note this, that Samson is the judge of the people of God 
but he sees a prostitute and he goes in and sleeps with the prostitute. Can I tell you on today, uh, men and those who are listening, I want you to understand that although Samson was a Nazarite, although he abstained from certain foods and all of this sorts of things, the fact of the matter is that a diet and that outward holiness and all of these things cannot empower you to be able to honor God with your body. There are many people who think that if I just go to church a certain amount of times and if I just do this and if I fast and do these things, that this is what is going to give, this is going to make me do the right things. But the fact of the matter is that outward holiness is, is, not, uh, is not the thing that empower you to be able to do what is right. Samson is a leader. He's a leader, but his title didn't cause him to walk in victory. You can have a, a title, you can have a position, but positioning does not make you walk in victory. Are you with me? And so Samson is in this place where he's going into prostitutes. And while he's in this position, you know, he thinks he's just going for a good time. But number two says, verse two says, the Gazites were told Samson has come here. And they surrounded the place and set an ambush for him all night at the gate of the city. They kept quiet all night saying, let us wait till the light of the morning, then we will kill him. So Samson, Samson thought he was just going to have a good time, but it was a satanic bait and switch. It was not what it seemed on the surface. Come on, somebody. This was a satanic plan to snuff him out and of the Philistine people to, uh, to capture him and to, to kill him and ultimately gain access to the people of God. And I want you to understand that when it is that Satan is trying to eliminate and to distract and to destroy men, it is never, he never attacks us or comes at us with things that on the surface we will note and know as, as, a, as his plan to kill us. And I want you to understand this and realize, don't let Satan blind you, watch, to his systems with supernatural success. Don't let Satan blind you to his systems with supernatural success. Samson is a hero. He has supernatural strength. They note that Samson is a guy that is, that is able to kill multiple people with little to no effort. He has supernatural strength from God as a judge. And he is able to protect the people of God. But the fact of the matter is that although he had success, he was blinded from the attack and the plan of Satan. And I want to tell you that as gentlemen, especially as men, we are often success driven. And sometimes, watch, uh, we are blinded by these markers and these things that go good in our life. And when things go good in our lives, we often are blinded to the plans and the strategies of Satan. And so don't be blinded, don't be blinded uh, to Satan's systems by the success that may happen in our lives. Are you with me? And so I, I want you to understand this as we're moving forward. We'll continue to read here in Judges chapter 16, verse 4, he meets after he gets out of that situation. Because in verse 3, he says, Salmon lay till midnight, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and Pulled them up, bar and all, 
and put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. So he has this supernatural strength, uh, but he is blind to the things that are happening in the background to try to jack him up. Verse 4, and after this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Everybody say Delilah. And Delilah is this individual it's a lady, but I want you to understand that Delilah, it was not, she wasn't bad because she was a woman. She wasn't bad because she was pretty or bad because she was sexual or anything of this nature. She was, in this sense, bad for Samson because she represented a satanic system that was trying to overthrow the people of God. And I want you to understand that there are people in your life, watch, uh, it's not that they are bad people in and of themselves but they may be bad for you because of what they represent and the plan of the enemy to try to tear you and the generations to come after you down. Are you with me? And so he goes into her and I want you to understand this. You know how the story goes because, and there are many who don't know and might be new to this story. She wants to find out what is his weakness so that the man them from the outside, the Philistine boy them, could come in and kill him and destroy him and gain power over the people of Israel. And I want you to note this because she asked him not one time, not two times, not three times, four times. She goes to him to try and find out where is his strength. His strength is in his here. Come on, somebody. But he holds it from her and he doesn't tell her. But she keeps bothering him. She keeps coming after him. She keeps trying. After four times, she, the Bible says that he gives in and he tells her what his weakness is. Can I tell you this? I want you to understand. God often gives us multiple warnings before destruction. Crazy thing is, it was four times before Samson ends up telling her. Bridget, after the first time, I would have been like, yo, differently why do you want to know so bad like first time would have been like okay but second time and then the third time God has in many regards has told there are some of you and I'm speaking I'm speaking softly because I want you to get this because I believe God wants victory for the men in this house and for the women who are eavesdropping in this moment I, I believe God wants victory for you as well Come on, somebody. Listen, God, for many of you, you have got the car accident was the first warning. The doctor's report, that was the second warning. Come on, somebody. The people that walked out of your life, that was the third warning. And there are many of you that God, you, you, you don't realize that God's kindness, his sparing you is not for you to go on sinning. Come on, somebody. But his sparing you after all the first three, some of us, ten, in my case, a hundred times is not for you to go on. But the Bible says in the book of Romans, says it's the kindness of the Lord that draws to repentance. God's kindness is to give you the warning that is necessary for you to do what you need to do. Come on, somebody. After four times, after four times, we find that he gives in. And then we see in the text, uh, and I'm moving, but in the text, that, we, that, that, that in, in, in uh, verse 21, the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. 
and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles. So he told, he told her what his, where his strength was. They come in and they shave his head. Uh, and then, you know, because they couldn't face him just like men because they were waste. And so he comes in, does what he does. They do what they do, what they do. And then puts in the position where they, um, where they come in and they gouge out his eyes. And it's just powerful because I, I know that they're naturally, this is problematic that they gouged his eyes out. But I also want you to see it symbolically as that they took the vision of the leader. I want you to understand, uh, for those of you, for, for you that feels like quitting uh, because of the difficulty that's in your marriage, because of the, 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 the difficulty that's happening with your parenting, I want you to understand that it is not just about you in that moment, but the enemy is trying to steal your vision. The enemy is trying to stop your household from being able to walk into what God has for you in the future and to be able to see with clarity. And it's imperative that you in this season do not allow the enemy to take your eyes. Uh, I hope y'all are grabbing this. They gouged out his eyes. They put him in shackles. And I want you to see verse 23 because this is not just about vision. This is not just about Samson, but it's also about their God. Verse 23 says, now the Lord of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw it, they praised their God. And so... It's not just, watch, uh, the enemy's desire is not just to get you to fall, but also to get the enemies of God to blaspheme against the Yahweh God that we were singing about today. And if you are a man or a woman of God, you need to understand if your life is submitted to the worship of God, that, that your holiness and your walking victoriously over the temptations that come in your life are not just about your victory, but it's also an issue of worship. And every time you and I say no to God and yes to the enemy and his attack, we are creating an altar at the feet of a false god. And so in this moment, it is interesting because they now uh, begun to mock him and it seemed like it was over for the people of God. This is the part that I love. Verse 26, and Samson said to the young men who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars on which, uh, on which the house rests. And then it says... Uh, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. And the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women. Who looked on while Samson entertained. Because they say we want Samson to come in and, and entertain us. But then look verse 28. Then Samson called to the Lord and said. O Lord God please remember me. And please strengthen me only this once. Oh God, that I may be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested and he leaned his weight against them. His right hand on the right and his left on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he killed during his life. 
Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and brought him up and buried him. I want you to understand that as long as you're alive, no matter what mistakes you have made, come on somebody, we see Samson at the end of his life, even though he had seen, it seemed as if he failed and he had lost his vision and his eyes were gouged out, that in that moment he was willing to sacrifice himself to be able to defeat the enemies of God in that one moment I want to let somebody know today some man that feels like it is over feels like you can't rise from the mess that you're in in this moment I'll even talk to some ladies that feel that you're there as well I want you to know that even though this is the case as long as you are alive there's always time to be used by God and God's giving you life and allowing breath in your lungs you can sacrifice in this moment to get and position yourself to be used by God no matter what mess you've made even if your eyes have been gouged out even if it seems like it's over God can use you in this moment what I love is that in Hebrews eleven thirty two. That even though we would have looked at Samson's life, going into prostitutes, getting duped by Delilah, getting eyes gouged out as the leader of the people of God, that in Hebrews 11.32, he is listed as one of the warriors of the faith. He is listed in the hall of the faith, even though he messed up the way that he has. And I want to tell some men today, I want to challenge and empower you to know that you can stand, that you can stand against the weapons of the enemy for your life and the life of the generations to come. But even where you have messed up, you, as long as there's life, there's hope. And God can use your life. And I declare it over every man in this house, all of the mandem of Serve City, that your name will be listed in the hall of faith. Because even now, by God's grace, you will stand against the wiles of the devil are you with me today somebody give the lord praise in this place ephesians 10 ephesians 6 verse 10 to 12 finally be strong in the lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against rulers against authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places this is what i want you to do i want you in the season ahead i want you to ask god are you hearing me i want you to ask god to reveal every satanic system and problematic pattern that is in your life right now this week i, I encourage you to note that down and write that down Ask God to reveal the satanic systems and problematic patterns in your life. And then I want you to give them to him. And if it's therapy, if it's pastoral counseling, reach out. If it's talking to somebody, if it's couples counseling, if it's whatever it is, I want to encourage you to take the steps you need to be able to get the help you need for the season ahead. Glory to God. One more time, go ahead and put those hands together and give the Lord the praise. So I'm grateful for the most incredible example that we have in Christ Jesus. Today, we celebrate the gospel, the good news, that although he died for the sins of mankind, 
He rose from death with all power in his hand. And he extends to you and I today with our imperfection, with our mess-ups, all of that. He invites us to come to him to begin a relationship with God or to restore a relationship with God. How do we do so? How do we begin one within the Bible? says to repent. Everyone say repent. Repent means to acknowledge, you know, that you are a sinner and you turn from sin, yourself, and Satan. You turn and believe. Somebody say believe. You put your faith in Jesus. I believe you came. I believe you died. I believe you rose from death with all power. I want you to be the Lord and the boss of my life. You give him your life and then you be baptized. Someone say, be baptized. And so anyway, can we celebrate the seven people that got baptized last week? Glory to God. So in this moment, we celebrate those uh, who would make that decision. When you are baptized, we dip you in the water. You leave your old life behind. You're unified with Christ's death and we bring you up out of the water. Unified with Christ's resurrection. And even if you've gone away from Christ, I want to invite you back home today. You may have run away from him, but he has not run away from you. A man today, I want to call you back home. Call you to repentance. Get it right. As long as you have life, there's hope. As long as you have life, you can get it right. Glory to God. And so I want to draw your attention to the connection card uh, that's on the screen here for those in the house or at home right there on the screen for you. Go ahead and fill that out. Uh, with as much info as you're comfortable, let us know about the decision you've made today, whatever your next step is.